Welcome, Left Coasters, to our Thanksgiving edition of the Left Coasters podcast. As always, I'm Tony Cavallo with Matt D'Angelo Antonio and Brian Balzarini, and we are here breaking down the Sunday that just happened. And actually, we're going to do something special for you this week, guys. We're actually going to give you two episodes in this Thanksgiving week. Today's episode is going to be a recap of what happened on Sunday and a, a deep look into what's going on this, this Thanksgiving with your wonderful turkey and gravy and potatoes. You got three really good football games that we're going to dive into. And then on Sunday, uh, or I would say about midnight on Saturday night, we're going to release another episode diving into the Rams and the rest of the games that happen on Sunday. So uh, look forward to two episodes this week. I'm excited to talk about it, guys. What do you think here? I'm pumped. I think this Thursday matchups are just going to be it's a great incredible. Every game has, has implications for the playoffs, and we're going to see at the early onset of this week how the next you know week's going to shape up really early. So really excited. Traditionally, some of these teams that have played on thanksgiving day having god fucking awful so thank goodness that <laughs> and like, it usually Cowboys, starts with my lions the lions who are leading their division right now yes the they Red are skins the colts the uh, pittsburgh steelers all in all relevant for all relevant all relevant teams right now yeah, and there's a lot of teams that are relevant that, you know, there's a, there's a big cluster of wildcard teams that are just scratching the surface of these playoffs. And I will say, I went back this week and listened to our first ever podcast oh where boy. we went down, uh, we did a Mary Fuck Kill through all the divisions, and then we gave our playoff picks and our Super Bowl picks. I would like to let all you know that our Super Bowl winners, the team that we each picked to win the Super Bowl, is most likely not win the Super Bowl this year. I'll start off by saying I picked Green Bay. Dangles, you were there picking uh, Carolina, Carolina, picked, yeah. and Brian, you picked Arizona. Oh, God. So uh, our playoff picks are clearly not going to happen the way we thought they should. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl picks are definitely not going to happen the way we thought they should, although yeah. we all had New England in there, which still looks like it could happen. But let's take a look at the playoff pictures now and see if we can decipher a little bit now that we've had 10 to 11 games from each Things team. Things are much clearer. Much clearer. Much, much clearer. And it's definite that Green Bay ain't looking like a contender anytime soon. Oh, no, no, they're not. But let's start with the AFC where we have two, the top two seeds are the Patriots and the Raiders, both sitting at 8-2. and two, And none of us thought the Raiders would be in this position. Dangles was the only one to pick the Raiders to be in the playoffs, and that was a big chance at the beginning of this season. The Raiders have shown up 8-2, and two, two seed right now. The other two division leaders right now are the Texans at six and four and the Ravens at five and five. Broncos and Chiefs both at seven and three have your two wild card spots. And then it gets interesting. The Miami Dolphins are six and four and are believer on a five game winning streak. Correct. Six and four and are just knocking at the door for that uh, for that wild card spot should Kansas City or Denver falter. And then you have the Steelers at five and five, the Colts at five and five, the Bills at five and five, the Titans right there at five and six. God, well, that's real tight. That's really tight, especially with Baltimore only at five and five, and the Steelers at five and five. They're right there. The Dolphins scratching the surface. The Colts and the Titans, even with that loss this Sunday, they're right there. Do we see any of those teams that are on the outside right now? Any of those ringing a bell, thinking they're going to knock the door downs and end up in this playoff hunt? It's really hard to say uh, for sure, but I think any of these four teams right now has a legitimate shot and that is the Dolphins the Steelers the Colts the Bills and Titans and I'd like to point out that most and when I say most I mean all three of us have killed some of those teams absolutely um, the majority of those teams um, but I think right now and I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop uh, and that is the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers who currently you know are sitting outside the, the picture right now um, we've been really high on the Steelers I don't think anybody's really given them any uh, sort of real chance to not make it uh, and, and so I'm waiting probably this week if we don't watch the the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Indianapolis Colts this week Thanksgiving night Thanksgiving night I'm probably going to have to start support stop supporting them truly. yeah that'd be a tough loss they're at the Colts this th uh, this Thursday night then they have the Giants at home at the Bills at the Bengals home against the Ravens home against the Browns it's not a terrible schedule but if you drop an easy one against the Colts you're yeah, there's no leeway good there's no leeway and I think with the Ravens playing just barely good ball uh, who they turn around they play the Bengals the Dolphins the Patriots the Eagles the Steelers and the Bengals once more that's a tough tough one too so both of those teams kind of have to go through the ring of fire to, to make good on becoming a playoff team and winning that division I, I, it's hard for me to say who's worse at this point or who's better or who's got the upper hand i am still rolling on ben roethlisberger as the uh the guy that comes out on top but they're the team right now that i'm looking uh at that's going to be on the inside uh who's currently looking on the outside 
I mean, it's hard to bet against Ben Roethlisberger. He has that experience where Ryan Tannehill doesn't. Uh, I mean, you know, Adam Gase is now on his I told you so tour. Yeah. Uh, and he gets to and, and rightfully so. The Dolphins are playing good football. Yes, they are. Uh, behind uh, Tannehill and Jay Ajayi and a pretty stalwart defense that did a good job of limiting what was already a very anemic Rams offense this past week. But um, I mean, I, it, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to bet against Ben Roethlisberger. I think the Steelers probably go ahead. They're, they're the team to watch to come out of this. The thing I'm concerned about is they've only really just played barely good enough to stay on top of things. There hasn't been any point this year when they're far and away better than everybody else. And Antonio Brown is not having a good year. He's not being targeted as much as he normally is. And when he is being targeted, he's seeing a lot of double coverage. I mean, teams are starting to figure him out, which makes sense. But Antonio Brown's not having a stellar year by his standards, especially. Not having a great year. Now, do you think that's the lack of a secondary option for them? Because they used to be able to have uh, players that would take the double coverage away from Antonio Brown. They don't have that anymore. It's just Antonio in the receiving course. Sammy Coates and Eli Rogers. Eli Eli Rogers is probably their second biggest receiving threat. Darius Hayward Bay might have been that person after he... And even I know you're making a face. Even that's a stretch. Yeah. Because he wasn't, you know, he was never anything stellar in terms yeah. of a wide receiver they don't really have a secondary option but i would i guess i would argue that that secondary option is Le'Veon bell he might be the closest thing and he Ooh, went off he against cleveland huge game yeah. his biggest game of the season against cleveland uh, understandably yep. cleveland's rush defense is terrible the whole team's uh, but terrible of, of those other teams i actually think the other team that you ought to watch is the tennessee titans don't let that five and six record fool you they're a very very good football team they have the second best offensive line in football anchored by taylor lewan and they have a, a sharp defense that can put hit put they'll put hits on you they'll force you to make mistakes they'll put pressure on quarterbacks don't let them fool. And Marcus Mariota is playing the best football that I think I've seen him play in his career. So don't sleep on the Tennessee Titans, especially I, I, in that AFC South division. Yeah, the AFC Andrew, South. And, and with Andrew Luck hurt, yes. depending on how long this concussion potentially keeps him out. I, I mean, I don't really know what to expect from Scott Tolzien as their uh, as their quarterback. Yeah, so, we'll see if he has to play. I hope know, he doesn't. I would right love to see Andrew Luck back. That's not an easy schedule, though. No, that, that's the thing. Like, Tennessee, that loss against Indy was huge because their upcoming games, they're going to beat the Bears this week. But then they have the Broncos and the Chiefs back-to-back. Uh-uh. And then they end the season with the Jaguars and the Texans. Both Jaguars stink. Uh, what? Broncos last, and Chiefs? No, 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 Jaguars. Last two games, certainly. The last two are both winnable Jaguars and Texans are certainly winnable. But if you're going to lose the Broncos and Chiefs game and you already have six losses on the year that's an eight and eight schedule which means you're going to need help from Houston to be in the running at the end of the season like you're going to need Houston to start losing some games uh Brian anything else you want to touch on the AFC before we uh, walk over to the NFC I think the way it looks right now exception of maybe a Ravens and and maybe a Titans you're you're pretty much gonna I think you're gonna see the Patriots the Raiders the Broncos and the Chiefs I I don't see any team right now that is scratching at any of those four teams and displacing them from their current positions I think the wild card is locked up in the in the AFC the only question right now I personally am am, am looking towards is the divisional winners and does like you like you said do do the Titans come out do the do, do maybe the Colts without Andrew Luck does he come back so those teams like the Texans and the Ravens you know the are they the one? They're the ones in danger of losing. I don't I don't see that. I mean, at this point in the season, you have to look at complete teams. Yeah. This is where yeah. this is where being good on one side of the ball or the other is not going to get you all the way. So, as f- if I'm looking at complete teams of those AFC teams who are still in the hunt, yeah, the only ones I'm really seeing are are the Steelers by a hair, hair. and the Tennessee Titans, whose record. Do you does think not, the Dolphins? Record. Do you, would you call well, them here's the thing? Here's the thing about the Dolphins: they are a complete team in that they can do everything right and don't shoot themselves in the foot to lose unless. Tannehill has say, a Tannehill's Tannehill the X factor. That's the only X factor. But their schedule, 49ers, Ravens, Cardinals, Jets, Bills, and then a Week 17 Patriots squad that might not have anything to play for. The reason I bring that up is uh, Oakland, Broncos, and Chiefs still have games against each other where one of those teams will lose and will start to drop closer to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have an easy schedule. If the Dolphins hold true, <laughs> they might they might sneak by. Reword that because I think they might have an easy schedule for the way they're playing right now, but the second they go back to the way they were playing before and Tannehill right? shows, and Tannehill his, Tannehill true shows colors, his true yeah. colors. It depends. Do we see the 5-0 and o Dolphins that we've seen the last five yeah. weeks, or do we see the 1-4 and four Dolphins? Jekyll and Hyde football does not get you where you need to be. We shall see. Let's move over to the NFC. The NFC is also, especially in the 
wild card. Very interesting. The top two seeds right now are the Cowboys, who have the best record in football at 9-1, and one, and the Seahawks at 7-2-1. and one. Your division leaders for at the 3-4 and four seed are the Lions and the Falcons, both at 6-4. and four. For the Falcons, as strong as they've been, a 6-4 and four record does not suit them. Uh, your two wild card teams are the Giants, who are somehow, by the grace of God, 7-3, and three, and the Redskins, who whooped the Packers and improved to 6-3-1. and one. Their best record since Dan Snyder has been owner of that team. The wild card, uh, the people who are just outside the wild card right now are the Vikings at 6-4, and four, and then you have the Buccaneers and Eagles at 5-5, five and five, and then a litany of teams at 4-6, and six, Cardinals, Saints, Panthers, Rams, Packers, Cardinals being 4-5-1. and one. I don't see any of those Cardinals, Saints, Panthers, Rams, Packers teams making a fight for the playoffs, but what about the Vikings, Buccaneers, and Eagles guys? Do we see them making a run, maybe if the Redskins and Giants falter? Again, I go back to you know complete teams here, and looking at those three teams, none of them are very well-rounded. Minnesota has a stellar defense and absolutely no offense. The Buccaneers have a pretty solid offense and no real defense to speak of. And the Eagles, they go back and forth every week. One week they step up huge defensively, and then the next, and you know Carson Wentz doesn't look so good, and then the next week Carson Wentz throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and the defense can't stop anybody to save their lives. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if you maybe see some changing around in the wild card thing. The Lions sitting at six and four, depending on which Lions team we see, mm-hmm. there is only so much or so much longer that Detroit is going to be able to get away by like just barely scraping by and winning. They, you know, when, when you're playing against a team that for two straight weeks through interceptions that were kicked off of their own players, TJ Yeldon <laughs> did it last week for the Jaguars and Blake Bortles. He threw an interception off TJ Yeldon's foot. And then what does he do? And the most embarrassing part about it, there's four seconds left in the game. Uh, and he throws, he throws a pass and it bounces up off, uh, off of Marquise Lee's foot. Uh-huh. And it was picked off it uh, unbelievable nobody that's but jacksonville, jacksonville. That's they're jacksonville. inventing new ways to lose but detroit's only gonna be able to get get so far winning by the skin of his teeth you so, okay, so, who, did, so who, do the, who do the who do the lions have the rest so of the, the, uh, the lions play this obviously thanksgiving against the vikings huge game then they're at the saints hosting the bears at the giants at the cowboys hosting the packers that's not that's not friendly they lose the last three games of the season i think <sighs> easily you guys, you guys hold the packers easily. too high Hi, man. Do you want to do you want a reality check with the Lions? They're gonna they're gonna go eight and eight this season. They're going they're currently at six and four. They're gonna they're gonna lose to the Vikings this week. Oh my god! They're gonna lose. They're gonna. I th- I personally think they're gonna lose to the Saints. Uh huh. Okay. They're playing good ball. The Saints are playing good ball. They beat the Bears. I think they lose the Giants. They lose the Cowboys and they lose the Packers. So that's even worse than six and four. What well, you just I, said. well, that well, right. Like that's, that's I, seven I, and I nine. I think eight and eight is a best case scenario. Okay. So let's say they take the Saints. Let's say yeah. they take the Saints. You're still having them losing to the Vikings, and these are all uh, host the Vikings, but they're at the Giants, at the Cowboys. Those are two tough games, and then hosting the Packers week seventeen. New Orleans is so tough to tell too because they I, have the best offense of the NFL and the fifth worst defense in terms of yards allowed. In the NFL. But you made a really good point. I want to point out to to, the, to our listeners that this is an interesting conundrum that we're experiencing right now in the NFC North. When you talk about complete teams, the Lions statistically are the most complete team of the three teams in the Absolutely. NFC North. But here's what's interesting about the Lions, the Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. Which one would you rather have? The Minnesota Vikings have a terrible offense, arguably one of the worst. I think they're ranked in the 30th region. Yep. You've got the Lions at about 18, 19. They've been dropping. I don't know if anybody's been really paying attention to their offense the last three weeks, but they've they been have, slowly falling. They've been bad. Well, they don't have a running game. They've been bad. But even Matt Stafford hasn't been showing yep. up. I mean, technically, that win against the Jaguars was a fourth quarter comeback. Oh yeah, they have they, the the Lions. Every game they've been in, they've been losing in the fourth quarter. So don't so don't so don't put the Lions' offense in that higher regard. But they're 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 middle to lower end of the of the spectrum. The Green Bay Packers actually have a really good statistic a, a good statistical offense. Um, and uh, the world's worst defense. Well, but no. Well, no league in terms of yards produced they're they're good no but in fact you can't but you can't i don't like the yards i don't like the way the nfl judges offense is based on yards per game because the offensive for green bay the past three games have been behind the whole game and have been forced to play catch up and that's going to boost your offensive statistics okay great but at the same time think but okay well then think about the lions you make that same argument for the lions who are behind the, the eight ball every quarter you know up until the fourth quarter both those defenses are are very similar the lions and the, the Green Bay Packers I'm talking, but the backers have a better offense statistically okay. than the Lions do. And then you look at the Minnesota Vikings. They've been 
you know, just getting by, eking by with stellar defense, which has faltered when they've lost, correct, but has terrible, terrible, terrible offense. But so if the Vikings, I think personally, if they go into a team, into a game against the Lions this this week, um, who they match up really well against, all they got to do is etch out a little bit and play stellar defense, and they beat the they beat the fumbling Lions. So, but but if they turn around, let's say they lose to the Cowboys, right? Right. So yeah, the, I was gonna say. So you have the Lions going through their schedule. You have them at eight and eight. Packers we'll look at in a second, but the Vikings are also six and four. They play the Lions this Thursday. So they lose then to the they Lions. Host, they host the Cowboys. They lose to the Cowboys. Cowboys. They're at the Jaguars. They beat Jaguars. They're uh, hosting the Indianapolis the Colts. Colts. They're at the Packers. Beat Packers. And they're hosting the Bears. Beat Bears. So that's a really easy schedule for the Vikings. And even if Indy pulls off an upset because Indy has the offense to, to score more than Sam Bradford can, that's still like a nine-win team. Don't just how bad Minnesota's offense is. It is yes, the worst. really bad. But it, think it, about it this. Really they're they're talking is, about potentially getting Adrian Peterson back in December. By, by mid-December, potentially. But what Adrian Peterson? So it doesn't that, matter that which offense, Adrian Peterson. That offense with Matt Asiata can still beat the Jaguars and the Bears and can beat the Packers. They already have. Like that's three more wins. And if they beat the Lions, and they're twenty second. And, and, and keep in point. And keep in point. They're also twenty second in points. So they're putting points on the board when it matters uh, the most. Granted, their rushing yards are thirty second, passing twenty fourth, and yards thirty second. They still manage to score. So my 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 belief is you're going to actually watch the Vikings sneak into that wild card position. Okay. Personally. So the so the NFC North we just talked about them, but all these NFC East teams that have really good records right now, that's they still cluster, have man. they still have a bunch of games against each other. Division is is a, that's our, a cluster. Our, our playoff teams, but but they, exactly they will beat each other up these coming stretches and will go back down to the media because of losses handed to each other. So does, do the Eagles at 5-5 five and five or the Redskins, Giants, do you see any of these teams moving out of that wild card into the wild card spots? Any Anything switching up here? I think the Giants are going to start losing football games. I hope to God the Giants start losing you football so? games. You think so? I don't think so. They've been so no. they've been so lucky this season. They had I, th- I think there were two times during that game, that Bears game on Sunday, where Bears defenders dropped interceptions. Who do you think? Okay, so let's say they start losing. Who do you think? Well, they're winning Fills this the void. Sunday. They're winning this Sunday because they're playing the Browns. So that's going to be an eight and three Giants team, and then the they're worst eight and three. The worst eight and football. three team in history. But then their next five games are not easy. These are not games that you can mark down as a W because they're at the Steelers, hosting the Cowboys, hosting the, the Lions. Lions. They're beating the Lions. They're at Philly, which is still undefeated at home, and then at the Redskins in Week Seventeen. Those are not five games where you can sit here and go W. No. But I will counter that with look at the Eagles' schedule. Oh, Eagles have a tough schedule. Look so, at the Eagles' schedule and tell me that that they sneak so, well, in over the worst, Giants. At worst, you look at the Giants at eight and three. Let's say they beat the Browns next week, and then let's say they lose out. That's still an eight and eight team. Not enough. Not good enough. Absolutely oh, to get you that. into the playoffs uh, in the AFC I would or in love the NFC if, East, uh, much less the rest of the league. I would love if drivers at Ben McAdoo ends his first season with a five-game losing streak. I would make me so yeah, happy. I'm pretty sure he cleaned the faculty bathroom at my high school. And I'd possibly. like to point out the yeah. Eagles currently are missing both their running backs. They, they lost both of them. They lost. So, they lost. They lost. So we got Ryan the, Matthews and Darren Sproles. So we got the Eagles schedule injuries. up. Who are five and five right now? Look they, at the uh, schedule. They Tell host they the Packers. They host the Packers on Monday night nope. at the Bengals. Host the Redskins at nope. the Ravens. Host the Giants. Nope. Host the Cowboys. Nope. Here's the thing, though. Philly is playing very, very good defense. They are in every game that they play. When they play Seattle, when they play Atlanta, they lost these games, but they're in it. And their their home field advantage is a legit deal. I think they trounced the Packers this Sunday. I think they beat the Bengals. I the hosting the Redskins at the Ravens, hosting the Giants, hosting the Cowboys. Divisional games that are a toss up, man. Don't count these Eagles out. Is all I'm saying. I'm not counting them out. I just don't know if you do that with a rookie quarterback with no running game and an, and and a, and a defense that has been laying eggs here and there. I'm paying attention to the Royal Washington Redskins right now. I know they're the easy team to overlook in this division because they're not, you know, they're not as flashy as the Eagles or the Cowboys. Uh, and, Look at their you know, schedule. They don't, play, they don't play the same kind of smash mouth football that the Giants do. And you know what? Kirk Cousins needs to get paid. Dan Snyder needs to pay Kirk Cousins Absolutely. because if Dan Snyder doesn't do it, another team is going to be more than happy to throw that kind of money at Absolutely. him. Absolutely. No one has made more money this season than Kirk Cousins. That man came into this season betting on himself 
himself. He could have signed a Brock Osweiler-type contract and gotten decent money to play quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Instead, he said, I'm going to take the franchise tender. I'm going to bet on myself. And now he's going to get Joe Flacco money, whether it's with Washington or someone else. And quickly think about what that division it looks like at quarterback for, oh, for yeah. the next 10 years. Oh, Dak yeah. Prescott, Carson Wentz, and Eli Manning. You better lock down somebody who knows what they're doing. Otherwise, Absolutely. There's no way you're going to be in the draft, and I don't know who you get other than Tony Romo. Like, no. I don't know who else is out there. So no, yeah. you, you better lock him down. Good yeah. call. And you know how quickly it can turn when you don't have a good quarterback. How quickly oh. these these good teams can fall apart without a good quarterback. Yeah, play. I don't think there's any question anymore. I think for a couple of years there was a question as to whether or not Kirk Cousins could actually be an elite-level quarterback in the NFL. I think, there, I think he is proving, and actually I think Jake Gruden said this week, that there are aspects of Kirk Cousins' game at which he is performing at an elite level. So I, th- I don't think there's any question about that anymore. I, I think they're the team that you ought to watch in the NFL. FC East to really stir things up because they're easy to overlook. <laughs> All right, for sure. Let's move on. We've talked enough about the playoffs, and we're going to have a lot more fodder as these uh, weeks go on. Let's move on to our favorite part of every week, and that's the Gravestones, guys. This is where we pick a team each week that is not going to make the playoffs, and each week we knock one out. Uh, so we have a collective grave pool right now of Cleveland, Chicago, San Fran, the Jets, Jacksonville, and Miami. And Miami's making us all God. look like fools. Mm-hmm. Um, that was but a mistake. Otherwise, as we went through, we're giving out our seventh gravestone right now, and I'm going to start because I'm adding a team to this grave pool by that i mean this team i'm the only one who has this team left you guys have killed this team off uh uh, in past weeks but i kept them around because they still had one bullet left in the chamber well, guess what left coasters? That bullet has been spent. I don't know. I, knew it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if Jared Goff is gonna be a good quarterback or a bad quarterback after one game. It's too small of a sample size, but I do know he's not going to be a playoff quarterback this year. Their running game is terrible, their offensive line is terrible, and that defense keeps it plays really well, but it cannot play a full sixty minutes without Shoot taking a penalty and shooting well. themselves in that the foot. That is not a complete team. So this Thanksgiving weekend uh, is uh, sad to say, but it is uh, rest in peace to the Los Angeles. Rams first season in LA you're not making the playoffs you're getting my gravestone and you're joining those six teams in the collective grave pool good night Los Angeles uh, now we move over to Brian. What do you got for Gravestone this week, buddy? I'm going to go with a team that um, I, we all had high hopes for. I had them going into the playoffs Yeah, at the beginning of the season and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, too much has gone wrong for that team. It started with that tie and then it just fell fell from there yeah. fell from grace it's tough and this week with aj green going down uh bernard going down with an acl injury it, it just doesn't look like it's their year and then obviously with the steelers and the ravens doing what they're doing it, it's just not their. it's just not their year and it's sad i mean when you talk about right now where they're sitting behind the chargers and above the jets at the bottom of the afc in terms of the playoff it's picture not it's not good and it just doesn't look good for them so and even oh. if they were to win out, that's nine, six, and one. That's not it. That's not a good schedule. That's not going to do it. And and it's certainly not. You're not going to pull off a, a you know uh, a win out if you're talking about not having your best receiver yeah. and one of your consistent running backs. It's just not going to happen. All right. So good night, Cincy from Braga. Me and you have killed him them off now. Uh, Dangles, shoot it over to you. Sadly, I'm not going to make this any more interesting. I'm also killing Cincinnati this week. Hey, that's very adding interesting. Them to the grave, uh, grave pool. Uh, I, I agree with everything Brian said. I'm disappointed in the way that they've played, especially with AJ Green leaving now. I, I don't see them having a route to a playoff uh, to a playoff seed, especially through Pittsburgh. I think this is the Pittsburgh Steelers' division to lose. Dalton, honestly. Um, I guess I should temper that a little bit because the Ravens have been playing very good defense recently and only were able to beat Dak Prescott because they basically blitzed him the entire first half and dared him to beat him long with his arm and he he did but uh, I guess that's besides the point the Cincinnati Bengals with that tire they're going to be hurt by it and I just I I can't I can't see them getting into the playoffs so good night Cincy good night Cincy so Cincy and LA both join our collective grave pool which now stands at eight teams it's a quarter of the league guys we've all said nope can't do it not gonna do it it's only gonna get harder as this goes out and uh as we move on now we're gonna do a take two segment with brian giving his input on how it feels to host a thanksgiving game with his team every year Ugh. i mean it has it's our to super be. bowl next to the draft absolutely I mean, we, we count on it every <laughs> year to so keep sad. our spirits high that's so sad so we'll hear his <laughs> take right next wings. and then after that we're gonna break down the three very interesting thanksgiving games but that's it for our recap section as always guys ram it <laughs> Well, Left Coasters, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a football fan. And if you're a football fan, you know that every year on Thanksgiving, two teams are always on TV. Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Now, 
The Detroit Lions are, uh, or rather happen to be, the uh, the favorite team of our very own Brian Balzarini. And Brian is obviously growing up a Lions fan. has got to watch, I'm sure, a number of Lions games in various locales with different uh, varying family members. But uh, we wanted to talk with him a little bit about what it's like to be a Lions fan on Thanksgiving Day. Because um, it's a big deal to it's be quite a on tradition. Thanksgiving Day game. So so here is Brian to tell us a little bit about the tradition of, uh, of being a Lions fan on Thanksgiving. There aren't too many traditions as a Lions fan other than losing that come to mind than the <laughs> Thanksgiving Day game. Um, but bastard. Yeah, but you know what? I, I have to say, though, that it actually does bring a lot of pride to the Lions and the Detroit community in general to have that game because it symbolizes so much. And just to give some fun facts before we get started here, and it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing to think about it as such. The, the tradition itself is older than 24 current NFL franchises. Um, it is the 77th Thanksgiving Day Classic this Thursday uh, at Ford Field against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, currently, the record uh, for the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day is 36-38-2. They hold a three-game winning streak. Uh, they beat Philadelphia, Chicago, and Green Bay three years ago where before those three wins, however, nine straight losses. I remember that losing streak really well. Nine. Yeah, that made me really happy. Nine straight losses. And, and, and most of them did happen to your Green Bay Packers. Um, We've played more than anyone else on Thanksgiving. Yes, you have. Yeah. Yes, you have. So the tradition goes back a long time, actually all the way back to 1934, when the owner at the time, G.A. Richards, the first owner who brought the team from Portsmouth, Ohio, to the Motor City, uh, pleaded to the NFL to get their, uh, their Thanksgiving Day game to the Lions uh, against the Chicago Bears at the time. Uh, now, the reason for that was the Chicago Bears were the reigning championship um, under the, 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 the guidance of George Hallis, the famed George Hallis. And they convinced the, uh, the syndicated NBC radio network to host the game and get 94 stations, approximately uh, 94 stations across the United States to play the game. So it was the Detroit Lions' opportunity to be on the national stage uh, was a big deal. A very intelligent thing to do back then. It was to, a, get to, to literally secure a day like Thanksgiving is mine. And that was a that was the play that was the marketing. Yeah, game. and uh, they got an estimated twenty six thousand fans jammed into a small University of Detroit stadium, uh, where they actually had to turn people away. So it was a very very smart business decision. But it ended up being a decision that we as fans in Detroit have been been reaping the benefits. I want to give our Los Angeles fans the opportunity to know what it's like to experience a Thanksgiving Day game, and that is waking up early in the morning tailgating i mean the night before you would have already packaged all your meats <laughs> because what is thanksgiving if not for packaged meats it's true and you're picking up all the fixings you're getting them all squared away because what you do as a fan base is you get out of those parking lots and you cook th as many thanksgiving day meals as you can get for all your fans you tailgate you walk around you try people's stuffings you go around and try people's homemade yeah, that would be awesome oh and and i mean you want to talk about deep fried turkey mm Deep fried turkey mm. everywhere. How many people set their RVs on fire every year? No, not enough. Now, are we looking at like, has it ever been freezing cold? It's got to be like, what, oh. 40s weather, which is great for football. I mean, put it this way. This year, they're expecting the temperature to get to be to, to around 38 degrees. So that's not bad. Not awful, but it has been also uh, on other uh, Thanksgiving days, brutally cold. Yeah. But what's fascinating is it does not affect the attendance. Okay. The loss, the, the win-loss column does not affect the attendance on Thanksgiving Day because it is such a tradition for and families. It probably helps that the game is at Ford Field, which is indoors, so they'll. But be before that, inside. it was at the Pontiac Silverdome, and the Pontiac Silverdome, one of the worst fields ever. It to was be an NFL stadium. It was an awful field itself, hard as concrete, hard as concrete. Players complained all the time about how bad their joints were after that game, and it was true. I actually played on that field three times as a high schooler. Really? Oh yeah, I played two state championships and a, and a, and cuz I played it for a bigger college or bigger awesome. high school. Oh, I, I kicked field goals in that stadium. That's awesome. It was yeah, awesome. Cool, yeah, yeah it was <laughs> cool. it was great. It was a great it was a great experience. Um but the the tailgating experience at Silver at the Silverdome is still to this day unmatched because like a lot of 
stadiums built in the 1970s and 80s, they, they had a circular parking lot around the stadium itself. So you could actually encompass the stadium with, with the RVs, with the dropping of the of the turkey. So you could literally walk in a circle and hit it like and it, see, it, it rings. One of 10 RVs that could be on fire because the, they didn't <laughs> thaw their yes. turkey out before they deep fried it. Opposed to the, the current stadium, the Ford Field, which is placed oddly in the smack dab in the middle of, of Detroit, but is not situated for one central locale for fans to go to. So you and you would have thought that would have killed the Thanksgiving Day tradition, but in fact it didn't. It got people together to coordinate where their camps were, where they were going to go, and that forced people to walk around the city in in not the most ideal circumstances. But it still kept people together. And I must say, I'm, I'll be going back to the th- uh, Detroit for Thanksgiving. I have family members who thankfully love me more than than the Detroit Lions who will be seeing me this this year, um, but who have said that they're giving up their tickets this year to come hang out with us but that's how deep it and i don't know anybody's family who doesn't go down for thanksgiving there is a there isn't a single family who doesn't have a single family member going down there every year to at least be the person who's who's calling you and saying did you see what they did this year good or bad and so it's been a it's been actually a lot of fun for for the detroit community to have that and i vaguely remember maybe about two or three years ago the nb that uh the nfl was considering taking it away from detroit and there was not only uh outrage amongst the the Detroit Lions fans, but there was actually outrage uh, amongst the other teams and the other owners who mm-hmm. said that that's actually their day. That's actually been their tradition, and we've Forever. actually been a big fan. And the same goes for the for the Dallas Cowboys. So that's just a glimpse into, into what it means to be a Detroit Lions fan on Thanksgiving Day. Now, one last question before we move sure. on. I know my family never planned their dinner around football games. Football was on TV, but we had dinner at the same time every year, no matter yeah, what we the game was. Yeah, we same thing. We eat when we always do. Football but, doesn't matter. But with the Lions being on around noon, noon one thirty, one yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Do you guys plan your Thanksgiving dinner around that? We do. Actually, a lot of my family members will come over early. Uh, most most Thanksgiving days, I'm sure, like a lot of people, on an average holiday without the Lions would probably start at about a 3 or 4 o'clock. People would come over for the for the food, stay late, leave 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Um, but, Mo, no, most of my family members will come over to watch the game. And, and it's almost like you wouldn't think to host a Thanksgiving day dinner without mm-hmm. it without having access to a large screen tv yes which yes. my which i'm thankful that my father and mother do every year so people yes. come over early and we sit and we watch while my father's toiling in the kitchen he's got clear light of line of sight to the tv That's awesome. so he's yelling from the kitchen <laughs> so awesome. it, you wouldn't you would not have Brings a thanksgiving a without together. seeing yep. that so yeah very cool all right well thank you for that take too it was a wonderful wonderful view into how it is to have a home thanksgiving day game every year to look forward to even when your team is in the dumpster this year, they're not in the dumpster. No, though. we got something to fight this for. This year, we got and a real it's game. The Minnesota and Vikings. it's going to be a real game. So let's move to on to the next section, guys. After this little short little blip, moving on to Thanksgiving Day games, baby. As always, ram it. And here we are, left coasters again with our Thanksgiving special. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, by happy the way, Thanksgiving. you guys and your families and all that sort of stuff. I won't. We won't be back together again until after the. After the holiday. Oh, thanks, Dan. Thanks, but, uh, man. I appreciate but, uh, it. I'll be here. I know uh, you're headed back to Michigan. Tony, I know you'll be here in I'll Los be Angeles here. as well. Yep. Um, but happy Thanksgiving to all the left coasters. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in so far. Like, Absolutely. You know, anybody and everybody who's tuned in. Uh, let's move on to the games, however. and Because uh, we got three doozies. And it starts off at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. And it is the Vikings, who are 6-4, and four, at the Lions, who are 6-4. and four. Brian gave you the stats for the Lions' uh, lifetime on Thanksgiving, which is still just under 500, just though under they're 500. on a three-game winning streak. Lifetime against Minnesota, though, they are 1-2 and two on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota stands at 5-1 and one altogether on Thanksgiving. And I believe the last time they played Minnesota was 1995. So it's been a while. And they beat them 44-38. So it ain't going to be 44-38 this no, week, I'll not. tell you that. Definitely not. We have Minnesota Vikings who have one of the best defense in the league that came back to life scoring points when their offense could not score any, including special teams points. Uh, coming against the Lions who have slowly that offense have come back down to earth, that defense still can't play and they have mm-hmm. no running game, but they have the Thanksgiving home game behind them and the one good thing for the lions is they don't get blown out at at home on thanksgiving so mm-hmm. it's going to be a tight game or it's going to be a blowout by the lions in my opinion it's either one or the other it's that's how extreme this game will be now before we dive into who's going to win this game if you had to pin a thanksgiving food for one of these teams which would it be Ooh. We got p- millions of foods to choose from on thanksgiving everyone yeah, does something different spot i have, I know, to, I I have know. to try and you know pick the right kind of 
Well, I'll start off then, since you guys can't do a goddamn thing. <laughs> Sounds like you had an idea. I do have an idea. I know what the Vikings are. I know that for sure. Help us out. The Vikings are Brussels sprouts. Because the Vikings are the team that are full of nutrients and do the right thing. I was going to say green beans. That's weird. Do the same thing. Like the, 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 they are the vegetable that mom makes you eat. But at the end of the day, they're not very good, They're not they? very good. They have no fluff. They have no spice. They have no like interesting things about them. They're just full of nutrients and play a damn good defense. That's the only thing the Vikings can do. You're is not that really sure how you feel about their texture either when you no. when you, you want to. They're they Vikings are an old fashioned team that try to beat you in the, in old ways where they hold hold you down to twenty points or less and try to beat you the right way. So they're they're the they're the greens. Mm. Lions though. Lions are interesting because the Lions are a lot of flash and they surprise you in the end. Right. They're like the they're like the the award winning like Aunt Aunt Cleo's pumpkin pie that looks really delicious on the outside and then you take a bite of it and it's just I'll give you a better not one. Very well made and it's kinda hard and I'll you know, give you a better like, one. Well this this looks awesome, but in reality it's just kind of shit. Good, good on the same tone as that. My father makes two kinds of stuffing uh-huh. every every Thanksgiving. He does a stuffing with Italian sausage and white wine. Oh yeah. It Ooh, is yeah. unbelievable. But then he makes a side stuffing without the sausage. That's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Detroit Lions. When you look at the playoff picture, it's, it's the complainer stuffing. The one that complains that there's meat in the stuffing, they get the complainer stuffing. Okay, uh, yeah, the, the, the stuffing that you—it's not your first choice, but you wouldn't be upset with it. It's just you know, it, it's it's good enough and it's it gets the job done. Right? And it's and to every other person, in, not in comparison to the meat 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 uh, stuffing, it's it's great. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's great. But the, but you, <laughs> but compared to the meat stuffing, you just you, it doesn't doesn't hold. All right, so we have greens at stuffing here on the first game of Thanksgiving. <laughs> what we got going on here, guys? This this is the teams. I, I believe these two teams match up well against each other. Like they they're 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 both good at different sides of the ball, and it's going to be a matchup of can Detroit score more against the Minnesota defense, or can Minnesota turn Detroit over and score points on special teams? Never thought I'd say this, but the Detroit Lions have actually been a balanced team the last couple of weeks. We've watched Matt Stafford not not be the Matt Stafford as good as Matt Stafford has been early in the season, but the defense has actually done a decent job now granted they're playing the likes of jacksonville jaguars last week but their defense has has leveled themselves out from being one of the worst to actually being a mid-tier defense so that's what's interesting to me is that is that mid-level stuff and if they come out against the minnesota vikings and show them that they're gonna for the first two quarters not the last one but the first two quarters come out and put points up on the board minnesota better answer Minnesota better answer. Well, Detroit has already taken one from Minnesota in their own house. And it was first, a tight one. It was a tight one. 22-16 yeah. was the final. That was just two weeks ago. That was the first game that Minnesota lost in its new building. Still fresh. US Bank Stadium. Uh, so they're coming to Detroit now. I think this comes down to whether or not Sam Bradford gets protection in the pocket and has time to make throws because defensively for the Detroit Lions they don't have a game buster they don't have somebody who's no. going to come in and cause Sam Bradford trouble they Ziggy might get, you know, hasn't been doing it no, he's come they back might, to the mean they can dial up mm-hmm. they can dial up blitzes all they want and they're going to have to if they want to make Sam, Sam Bradford uncomfortable but if he's able to settle into the pocket and find receivers I think it's the Vikings game to lose because as you said Tony earlier there's no running game in Detroit so they're not going to be able to establish that at all and and Marvin Jones lately has who is really the only receiving option they have besides Golden Tate if he doesn't get either of them involved in the passing game you know it's not like Eric Ebron or you know Theo Riddick is going to pull them out of the out of the gutter here I think it's I think if the Lions don't get on track offensively and if Sam Bradford is well protected in the pocket it's Minnesota's game. Which you can expect out of that defensive, defensive yeah, line. I think it's going to be very hard for the Lions to make a dent in him offensively. So, do, yeah, do you think it's going to be a low-scoring game then? I think you're going to yeah. see this decided by a touchdown or less. I think probably a field goal. Uh, maybe four points decides this game. Well, in Minnesota's the end. got a new kicker. Minnesota does Kai have Forbath. a new kicker who shanked the shit out of a uh, of, uh, <laughs> of, a, of a, a, a field goal. Last, it was a bad week for field goal. But kickers. he made all his extra points. Made I all his extra. Yeah, points. we didn't talk about that on Sunday. Sorry to bring it back. Uh, more extra points missed this Sunday than 12? ever before in the NFL. Congratulations, NFL. Four of them in a dome. 
Yeah, you got exactly what you wanted. Parody at the kicker position. All right, so Jesus, I see you guys. I I hear you guys are both leaning towards the Vikings. Let's make our picks right now. I'm picking the Vikings. I'm picking picking Minnesota to win. I think. Okay. I mean, Thanksgiving. The host team of Thanksgiving is going to win this game. When it's decided by a field goal, I'm giving it to the home field team. What has been certain in the NFL this year besides the Patriots? Besides the Patriots being good, what else has been certain? Absolutely nothing. I'm not just saying that as a fan. I'm going to give you one name. I'm going to give you one name to watch in this game. Is that Thalen? That wide receiver, number 19. You're going to watch Darius Slay trying to cover him, causing pass interference after pass interference. He's not a dynamic receiver, though. He's not a spectacular route runner. He made an excellent tippy-toe catch. But who he's across from is what I'm talking about. Darius Slay has a tendency to make decent wide receivers look better than they really are. He he plays well against the the A.J. Greens of the league. That's Darius Slay's bread and butter. He, he, for whatever reason, makes mediocre wide receivers look better. And and I don't think he has done a good job of that. I think think you're going to watch Thalen make a name for himself on Thanksgiving Day, unfortunately. Tony, you're Picking the Lions. I'm picking the Lions because I think it's going to be the same thing as we've seen all year. The only thing that's been consistent is that the Lions are losing in the fourth quarter and make a comeback to try and win the game. And I think on Thanksgiving Day, season on that. Oh no, you cannot. But I think on Thanksgiving Day, Matt Stafford's going to be down in the fourth quarter against the Vikings as long as they don't give up the Cordarrelle Patterson return touchdown or the Xavier Rhodes pick six touchdown. If the Lions keep it close and keep it within the uh, uh, one touchdown heading into the last drive, and Matt Stafford has the ball, he's getting that turkey leg award. He's winning yourself. that game. Don't fool yourself. They did not play well against Jackson. No, they did not. No, they did not. Um, but for some reason, I think the Lions at home on hey. Thanksgiving, they're coming home with it. So we got Vikings, Vikings, and the Lions. Let's move on to uh, uh, the next game, which is another doozy, guys. And another perennial host of Thanksgiving, the Dallas Cowboys at 9-1. and one. Best record in the league. Rookie are hosting the Washington Redskins at 6-3-1 and one after coming off. This is weird, though, to play a night game on Sunday and then turn it around and play Thursday midday. That's tough. Three and a half that's days really later, tough. that's tough. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys are 29-18-1 and one on a Thanksgiving. Record. That's uh, the record you but want. But they have lost two, the two past years. Washington is 2-6 and six on Thanksgiving and uh, last played in 2012. Dallas all-time is 6-1 and one against Washington on Thanksgiving Day. But guys, this is a different Washington team than years past. It is, uh, but it's also a different Dallas Cowboys team than years past. I think you're going to see two and seven out of the Washington Redskins this uh, this Thanksgiving with this Thanksgiving Day added to their loss column. I, I don't know how you go into Dallas and beat a team that is arguably playing the best in the league right now. Well, but their record by their by the record they are playing the best in the league right now, even better than the New England Patriots. Yeah. I, I think but that's my point. I'd like to be able to call this upset in favor of the Redskins because they are playing good football right well, now. Well, before you move on, let's go back to the food item. Like maybe this will help you decide on an upset. What are you calling the Washington Redskins as a food? I know what I'm calling the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the gravy. They're the because gravy. they are the every year on Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter what you're eating. The best thing on that table is the gravy. The gravy goes with absolutely everything. And Dallas Cowboys can cover the turkey. They can cover the mashed potatoes. They can cover the stuffing. And they're going to beat the shit out of anything you have on the team. Dallas Cowboys are the gravy train. They're the best team in the league. Washington, though. I don't know what I would food watch is going to be. At least from my perspective, they would have to be, I don't know, they'd have to be either at, at, on, on my Thanksgiving table, either the hash brown casserole or the green bean casserole, because those two things are tied for my favorite, <laughs> and I just can't decide between the two of them. So you like Washington. So I, well, I do like Washington. I just don't know if I'm confident enough to pick them to upset the best team in the NFL. The gravy. There's nothing upsetting the gravy. Every year, everyone has the Washington, gravy. The Washington, I don't know. Washington's kind of like, could they be the ornament that your mom puts on the table, the Native American? <laughs> Indian, <laughs> maybe they, they could be the, like the ironic like, Native American Indian sitting on the they're table. Almost like the cranberry sauce in a, in a, in a way. Ooh, if yeah. It's, if 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 a little sweet, little sour, a little bit of sweet, a <laughs> little bit of sour, and you never know really what to expect because some people do the canned stuff. And it's it's like and and that's kind of like and, and it's prepackaged and it's not always great. But other people home make it. And that's kind of like some some weeks some weeks you get the prepackaged Redskins. Last week, like when they destroyed the Packers, you got the homemade Redskins. And and cranberry sauce is always best the next day. Like Washington always looks better the next day rather than on Sunday. On oh, they're Sunday, they're morning quarterbacks dreamed. Yes, yeah. I think they're the uh, they're my dad's uh, mushrooms. My dad's steam mushrooms. Oh my god! From a, from a Your gla- dad sounds great. From yeah, from coming to the Balzarini house. <laughs> from a glance, you're looking at him. You're like, nah, I'm not gonna touch those. They're great. They look good. They're mushrooms. I'm just not a mushroom guy. I'm okay. I'm I'm you know I'm a whatever. And then 
you have eight people at the table tell you you need to try the mushrooms. You need to try the mushrooms till you finally try the mushrooms and you go, damn, these are fucking awesome. These are great. I think that's what the Washington Redskins are. Until you actually sit down, watch their game, watch them from first quarter to fourth quarter, you go, this is a team that I would want on uh, with with my with my jersey with my team's jersey on. Even after all that, though, Tone, I still I'm still picking the Cowboys. I'm still, still picking the Cowboys. Still going with the gravy. I'm with you too. I mean, the gravy rules all. Uh, I can't. Is uh, before we move on, is there any way the Redskins surprise us and win on Thanksgiving? I'm sure, there's a way. Absolutely. I, if they play offensively like they played against the Packers, they beat the Cowboys. But they don't do that on Thanksgiving? I don't think so. I think the turnaround is honestly too tough. I really do. That's, I think that's a real short stretch. I it's think you hurt. look at the D- Dallas Cowboys offensive line and say, when are they going to stop blocking? Because that's the only time they're going to lose. Yeah, the offensive line is ridiculous. Well, and even though they're not a team necessarily defensively, I think there's a lot to be said for the momentum in that locker room right oh, now God. and the confidence on which all 53 of those guys are riding. It's very high. They're, they all feel great about themselves. They have confidence in Jason Garrett. They have confidence and in their health. They're, they're healthy. all healthy. I haven't remembered the last time I thought to myself that they've been this healthy this time in the year. Usually they're crumbling halfway, three-fourths the way through. This is a team that I'm looking at. I mean, if we end the season today, it's a Cowboys-Patriots Super Bowl. And it'd be a good one. This and the NFL t- would shit themselves. This That'd be the happiest they could be. That is the happiest they could be. Can you imagine the market? This is a team that is playing good enough to beat Tom Brady, oh God, Bill Belichick, Roger and New England Patriots wet right dream. now. All right, so we're all on the Cowboys. Moving on to the night game, which is something they added recently. I, I, I do enjoy having a night game in Thanksgiving. I don't always watch it, though. I realize I never make it that long. Exactly. It's tough to make it that long. Usually uh, traveling at that time, it starts at 530 Pacific. It is the Steelers who are at 5 and 5 at the Colts who are at 5 and 5. And at at this point of this recording, we do not know who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Colts. Andrew Luck went down with a concussion. As of right now, it is Scott Tolzien. As of right now, it's Scott Tolzien. I'm hoping it's Andrew Luck. But if you're in concussion protocol on Monday and the game's Thursday, it's highly unlikely you're going to play. Can I give you an item for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm, I'm ready for both of them I, I, yeah go pittsburgh steelers they're the 12 pack in your refrigerator <laughs> explain yourself well they're a blue collar team they're always good to the last drop I and mean, whether ben roethlisberger always gives you a show he always makes you he always gives you the buzz i mean that's the one thing about the steelers you watch the steelers you watch Le'Veon bell you watch football you watch smash mouth good hardy football every time you watch the pittsburgh steelers play and i don't think it's going to stop I, I think they're the bud light the miller light insert american you know see i think beer in, in there perhaps blue ribbon for crying here, out loud here's the thing that this is this actually makes sense via the game here because pittsburgh to me is the turkey they are all American, completely what you should center your day around, except if someone fucks up the turkey, it's the worst part of the whole Thanksgiving. Pittsburgh has been off and on all season. They have what should be the best team in the NFL with with Ben Roethlisberger and, and, and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They have Defense some, isn't that hold good. Hold on, but they have some playmakers, just like the turkey, that should be the best part, what you center the whole meal around. But if you make that turkey dry, there's no coming back from it. And if Big Ben comes out and has a subpar game, if that defense lets up a million points, if Antonio Brown can't get open, if Le'Veon Bell can't do what he did against Cleveland, that Pittsburgh team is defunct and it ruins the whole meal. So Pittsburgh to me is the turkey. Indy, however, I like I like what I had for Indy. Indy is either the box of chocolates or the uh, uh, the thing of assorted cookies. Please don't tell me you're about to make no, no, a no. forest come no, 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 no. Let me finish. Indy is either the box of chocolates or the thing of assorted cookies that your aunt gets from the grocery store. There's a few good pieces, but it all just doesn't come together. It's just sort of put to the side. Indy has players. Indy has, like, but they have so many holes in their lineup. They have so many just nougat and, like, crispy, crusty things that just aren't good you have so many other options on thanksgiving that assorted cookie tray never gets touched it just looks pretty that's indie to me i I was gonna give them sort of the dinner roll just (laughs) they're 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 kind of like the because they're always there and and like you know some people might have one but they don't taste very good and and they're not like they're not the first thing that everyone's reaching for at the table like the dinner rolls get passed around like because by that time you get so much other shit on your plate when you you haven't even thought about the dinner roll which happens to be in the afc south and (laughs) which is just like you know i'm sure what other what else would be in the afc south division of food that would be like you know mashed potatoes again always there but not the first thing everybody's going for like so i I don't know i i I see that however in the football sense of things 
Uh, I think if Andrew Luck doesn't play, which it looks like he won't, and let's watch, see what happens in practice the rest of the week, there's no way the Steelers lose this game. They just can't. Like, I, I just don't Especially I with just Scott Tolzien, yeah. If Andrew Luck, however, however, if Andrew Luck starts, I can see them stealing one from the Steelers. The if way Andrew, they've been playing the last couple of weeks, especially beating a Titans team that they should have lost to this past week. Is it week. at Pittsburgh? It's at Indy. That's the thing. Like, if ah, Andrew Luck plays, that could be is. a high-scoring affair. And I, I like that idea about the NFC South. That whole division is sort of like the bowl of mixed nuts that sit on the table. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. The AFC, AFC South, South is the bowl yeah. of nuts. Absolutely. Um, and I would even go for, for further with that and say the Colts are the walnuts. You know, there's some times where you, you, you enjoy a good walnut, but other times you're like, damn, this thing just... I, it's not sitting with me well. It's dry. It's not. It's salty dry. Enough. It's not salty enough. Right, it doesn't have enough flavor. It's even yeah. got that harsh, like earthy tone to yeah, it that you're yeah. not. You just grabbed a bad one. I think that's what often often happens with so the, um, these Colts. teams. Haven't played too often on Thanksgiving, but Indy overall is two zero and one undefeated on Thanksgiving. Haven't played since 07. Pittsburgh one and six. Wow! In Thanksgiving Day games. Obviously, it's been a long time. Uh, Pittsburgh last played in 2013, but one and six strewn throughout the years when you only play in Detroit and Dallas is a long time. Um, yeah, this is tough, man. Pittsburgh at the Colts. If if Andrew Luck was playing, I would have a lot more trouble picking this game. I it's wish he would play. I think I'm going to pick Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah, it just you, with Ben Roethlisberger, you can't you can't deny that he's going to win against Tolzien. But the, against Tolzien for sure, but the Steelers haven't looked good. Like they haven't looked like the Steelers. No, but no. they but they but they but I think the AFC North is not unlike the NFC North. I think no team right now is making you feel good and fuzzy about your, their chances of being in that in that in that playoff con, uh, contention talk. Steelers are no different. It, it's just again, it's a fall from grace. The Pittsburgh Steelers have always been con, in contention. They're just not showing it this year. That's it, guys. That's what we got for the Thanksgiving Day games. You both took Minnesota. I have Detroit. We all took Dallas. We all took Pittsburgh. Either way, I'm excited. Really excited for these first two. I would love to see Andrew Luck in the last game because that would make it a full day of great football on Thanksgiving. As always, Left Coasters, thank you for listening. This is Tony Cavallo with Matt D'Angelo, Antonio, and Brian Balzarini. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Did I get it wrong again? You got it wrong again. Unbelievable. I always end the show with a wrong pronunciation of your name. You want to say your name and for us? And the worst part is, it's not his name that you should be mispronouncing. Out of all three of us, it's not it's his D'Angelo name. D'Angelo Antonio. It's not his name yeah. that you should be mispronouncing. Balzarini. Balzarini. It's Balzarini. all right. I still love Balzarini. you. And happy Thanksgiving to you, Tony. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Dangles. You as well, Brian. Let's have a good one. Yeah, man. As always, guys. Ram it, and we'll see you later on this week. Double time. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.